I think people often mistake growth with promotion or, or monetary uh, compensation. That, that That's not what we're talking about, right? Like, I mean, growth, growth to me is how are you individually getting better every day? And you know, Chad Santagrand, who we work with, with Cannonball Moments is, is fantastic. And uh, I have the opportunity to talk to him about once a week. And, and he's really shifted, um, you know, the way I look at goal setting, right? I mean, it's, it's January. We're all talking about what our New Year's resolutions are. And everybody talks about what their goals are for the year. I think over the last 30 days, I might have been the most annoying person in the room because <laughs> it's not your goals, right? It's it's what are your habits are going to help you reach those goals. So everybody says, oh, I'm going to do I'm going to lose weight. Um, I'm going to run a marathon. I mean, my immediate question is great. What's the habit you're going to do to get you there? Right. And and I think, you know, the sales team and the, and the sales environment we're in right now is a great way for your team to think about that because, hey, sales are great. Okay, well, what habits are we doing today that I can do a year from now, five years from now that are making me better versus what habits am I doing today that are going to continue to get me better? So, you know, my team and I, we love, I sit down, let's, let's outline what those habits are going to be. Let's outline why this is going to be beneficial to you as your, as your individual growth, uh, hopefully from a company growth as well, that would be icing on the cake. Um, but whether that's professional or personal too, um, what is that growth and how are we going to get there and how much time are we going to go and, and separate yourself from the results. You know, it's all about those, those habits. I mean, that, that you do the right habits every day, the results will follow. Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. And welcome back to a new episode of Building Perspective. And uh, this is one of our very first episodes of the new year in 2021. And uh, we're going to tackle things a little different this year. We're going to we're going to start segmenting uh our episodes out by really kind of like a, a series right and so this is going to be one of our, our first installment of our leadership series and so i am just unbelievably grateful to have our very first guest with us uh daniel fisher of elite homes out of my hometown louisville kentucky and if you're from there you don't say louisville you say louisville uh, only the people who've lived there get it. There are actually t-shirts that they sell that show the 18 different pronunciations of the city. So anyway, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. And you're correct, uh, Louisville. Like that's a, that's a big deal. We can tell if you're local or not by how you say it. That's right. That's right. And I was, I used to say, you have to say it like, um, like you have a mouthful of food um, and you're just trying not to spit the food out as you talk, right? Right. right. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, well, Daniel, why don't we start? Why don't you first tell us a little bit about you, um, your, you know, how you got started in the industry, um, and and a little bit about elite as a whole. And then what we'll do is we'll dive into our topic today, which is going to be creating a team growth mindset. And I emphasize the word team because you know it's one thing to focus on your own personal growth mindset. But as Daniel leads a sales team, he is, his 
priority focus has to be obviously on his team. So we want to talk about how we focus in on a team growth mindset. So Dan, why don't you start off by just sharing a little bit about yourself, what you do, and a little bit about Elite as well. Yeah, great. So thanks again, Matt. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've had the fortune of growing up in this industry, right? I mean, I, I started in, in new home sales and construction from the time I was in grade school. And, and, you know, whether that was cleaning up houses, you know, going with my dad and sitting in the sales office and listening to his presentation. I mean, I was there. I mean, I, I remember all these milestone events with, with sports, Bo Jackson hurting his hip. Like I was in a sales office on a Sunday watching that. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I've grown up in this industry and I absolutely love it. Um, I've had the good fortune between working for two national builders in Orlando, Florida, and then uh, the opportunity to move back to Louisville, which I was very grateful for, um, and and get a whole lot of different perspectives on what it was about to be a member of a team, grow a team, and and you know really how how to wrap my head around that because everybody's got all different perspectives and what's important about building a team, growing a team, and, you know, ultimately, how do we move from training to coaching? And I've had tons of mentors along the way that have taught me all different ways to do it. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I think the only other thing to mention is I've got two beautiful children, my wife that supports me every day. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm grateful to do what I do. And you, you wouldn't be able to do any of that without the support system at home. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, you know, that is absolutely one of the key things. If you um, if you don't have a great support system at home, it's it, it literally hinders your professional growth. And, um, and I think it's important, Matt. I, I, people people separate professional and personal almost too much in my mind. Right. I mean, I, I think they, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You don't have to sacrifice one versus the other. Um, and, and I think life work balance is a big part of that that growth mindset that I try to stress with my team every day. Yeah. I mean, if you're miserable at home, you're going to be miserable at work. And if you're miserable at work, you're going to go home and be miserable too. Right. I mean, right, there's just sure. no way to, I don't think it's humanly possible to just shut that off. Um, no, no. And, and, and I, I don't think it's healthy either, but I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't, I don't really go too far down that road. <laughs> we just stayed um, on holiday in last night. Right. So right. But, but, you know, when you're creating the right team culture, I think it's important to have a balance in those conversations with, with any member of your team. Yeah, that's right. I agree. Well, all right. So diving in a little bit, and I think it's really important to note, because when we talk about to, I guess we should note this up front. Right. And so, Elite over the past, what was it, last year, you guys went through a nice, a big transition. Um, you had an acquisition. Uh, you were acquired by Arbor Homes, which is a Berkshire Hathaway company. That's correct. And uh, you guys were obviously also mid, you know, you're, you were seeing super, super results within Elite itself. So there you have your natural growing pains and challenges that come along with growing your business. Um, and then all, and then obviously come insert, here's now a, a, a new company acquisition or, you know, we've got to line up cultures, got to line up all these things. And so ha with all that in mind, you know, let's start off by really kind of, we talk about growth mindset and a lot of people talk about growth mindsets. Um, and here we're specifically talking about a team environment growth mindset, but how do you define it specifically? Like what to you and your team is growth mindset? Wow. So I, you know, I, I think about this in two folds, right? And I wanted to share a story before I 
you know, we got too far into it of just oh, yeah. what, what my opinion is of mindset, right? Like, and how do you teach mindset to somebody in general? So I, I go all the way back to a, a story that I like to tell people of a TPX baseball bat. Did you play baseball? Like I was so Absolutely. into baseball. I, I played, well, we're going to get local. I played for PRP. Okay. Yeah. So we were sponsored by Louisville Slugger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so you had all the good equipment. I did not at this particular point. <laughs> and this is in fourth grade. And this is a huge milestone for me, right? So I, I have this conversation with my father who, who is in the industry as well, brought me up in the industry. I said, Dad, I want to get a TPX bat. That's how I'm going to be great at baseball. He said, Okay, yeah. son, I tell you what, if you hit a home run in the next game, I will buy you a TPX bat. So, I, I, he wasn't there. I don't remember why he wasn't there. He was, he's at every game. I, I yeah. think he was probably in the sales office working that weekend. Um, and I go out, I hit two home runs and a triple, right? I mean, I, I play the best game of my life. This is in yeah. fourth grade. I mean, I was by no means a great baseball player, but I, you know, I had spent all that time coming up to that game to get ready for that game. So, so that I could achieve it and get the TPX bat. So I'll never forget it. I called my dad. I said, dad, hit home run. Let's go buy that TPX bat. He goes, well, son, if you hit a home run, you don't need a TPX bat. <laughs> okay. I, you know, he, he shifted my whole mindset of what was necessary for me to be perspective in that moment. Right. Yep, right. And, and, and I wasn't mad. It's like, I, re- I mean, you think as a fourth grader, you'd get upset. I wasn't mad at all. I thought, you know what? He's right. I don't need a TPX bat anymore. I was over it. I was done with it. I just hit two dingers and a triple. What do I? What right. Do I he's right. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, so to pull back and how, how you apply that today, right? You, you need to, to teach someone, I, I give them a shift in mindset. You have to give them the freedom to make decisions. Right. And I, I think it's so easy for us when we're, you know, training individuals, training members of our team to give them the technical tools. Hey, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll be successful. Well, that's not it. You know, I mean, we need to give them enough tools so that they can have an idea, but we also need to give them the decision power to make mistakes, right? One of the first things that I do when I hire anybody is I have them pull out a post-it note. I put it on their desk. Typically, this is their first day at the office. And I say, write this down. I expect you to make mistakes. Yeah, that's fine. You're, you're going to make mistakes, but that's the only way that we're going to give people the opportunity to grow and and to get that growth mindset that we want to talk about every day. That in itself is empowerment, right? Like mm-hmm. right out of the gate, that's empowerment. I expect you to make mistakes. You're going to. Now, we're not going to make the same mistakes over and over again, right? That's the definition of insanity. <laughs> right, um, right, right. You know, so it's interesting that you say that you've got to give people the framework, right, of empowerment. And so um, I, I may have talked about this on a podcast in the past or somewhere. I know I've talked about it. But um, back in my day as a builder years ago, several years ago, we actually brought on the uh, the Disney Institute, right? And so we were talking with the Disney Institute, like we wanted to make our organization first class customer service. And so Disney came in and they were doing this this big presentation. And, and, and as you were saying, like what you, what you do and how you set it up, it really reminded me of that because, you know, Disney would say, this is our dance. This is essentially our dance floor, right? So um, you're, you've got the, the rectangular or square or the circle dance floor. And as a Disney cast member, you can do anything that you want to do or need to do 
to enhance a guest's experience mm -hmm. as long as you stay within the dance floor. And so that way we're not dictating everything that you say and do. We're just saying it's got to happen within this framework. Mm -hmm. And that in itself gives Disney cast members the ability to go and above and beyond to make their guests uh, have an unbelievable experience. Oh yeah. And, and that's fantastic. I mean, you know, you, you talk about growth mindset and a culture. I mean, you're anti-culture, right? Like, Hey, listen, that's above my pay grade. Like, right. no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I was too busy. I mean, all these things we should never say, but that comes from fear of what's going to happen. Right. That, that's right. Listen, you, if you don't give someone enough freedom to make mistakes, they will never get better. And I, and I truly believe that decision-making isn't something that you're born with, right? That, that's a skill that you learn over time, repetition, making the right decisions. How do I come to that solution? Yeah. Um, so, and, and listen, I would tell everybody that's listening and, and especially new coaches out there, you know, I'm never going to give it away. So what I mean by that is I had a coach in, in Florida. His name was Brian Kill, one of the best mentors I've had. And I remember going and talking to him about problems that I had, right? Hey, listen, this is what I need to change. This is the problems that I see with, you know, the company, the systems, the processes, whatever. Sure. I don't think he ever once answered one of my questions. And <laughs> it frustrated the heck out of me. Yeah. Well, fast forward now, I... I completely understood what he was trying to teach me was how to solve my own problems. Right? right. And he would give me enough framework to walk from point A to point B to where I, I learned that process. I, I'm, I was able to develop that decision-making skill. Whereas it's so easy just to solve people's problems. It's so easy to give a yes and no question and not dive into that level of, of coaching and developing our team. I, I totally agree. I, you know, looking, you can, you could go through periods of time, you know, where things are just hitting on all, all cylinders and you're going to go through a period of time where you're trying to figure out what the problems are. And as a leader, I go through it too. And sometimes you're going, golly, why is all, why are all these problems coming to me? Like, why is, why do I have to prove, uh, approve every single little detail? Like I shouldn't have to do that. But then when you take a step back, you go, wait a minute, I created that. I created that problem. It's all coming to me because that's that was the expectation that was set. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, like it's it makes it it you really get bottlenecked mm -hmm. by by your own previous decisions. And when I think when you're when you start to uh, take a step back and go, why am I why is all this coming to me? At least from my perspective, it's I created that six months ago and now i'm dealing with those ramifications right right and, and it's easy to do we've all done it right i mean i yeah. you know i've been coaching sales sales members you know sales managers for you know a decade now i mean it's i i can tell you we've all made those mistakes and um you know at the end of the day you know i i've known enough as a you know i don't want to say a player's coach but i i've been exactly where they're standing and have had enough conversations about the customers or the problems that they're dealing with that I can help them. But I also need to take that additional time to teach them to get better and not just solve their problems. Yeah, totally agree. Very good. 
So you talk about, you know, solving problems and you can't just be the problem solver. You, being a great coach is not necessarily giving the answers to the test. You know, it's asking more questions for that, for that deeper thought. Um, but when it comes to growth, the, that growth mindset itself, like what, how do you determine, like, what is in your scenario for your team? What does that, what does growth look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I, great question. And I think people often mistake growth with promotion or, or monetary uh, compensation. That, that That's not what we're talking about, right? Like, I mean, growth, growth to me is how are you individually getting better every day? Yeah. And you know, Chad Santagrand, who we work with, with Cannonball Moments is, is fantastic. And uh, I have the opportunity to talk to him about once a week. And, and he's really shifted um, you know, the way I look at goal setting, right? I mean, it's, it's January. We're all talking about what our new year's resolutions are and, and everybody talks about what their goals are for the year. I, I think over the last 30 days, I might've been the most annoying person in the room because <laughs> it's not your goals, right? It's, it's what are your habits are going to help you reach those goals. So everybody says, Oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to lose weight. Um, I'm going to run a marathon. I mean, my immediate question is great. What's the habit you're going to do to get you there. Right. And, and I think, you know, the sales team and the, and the sales environment we're in right now is a great way for your team to think about that because, hey, sales are great. Okay, well, what habits are we doing today that I can do a year from now, five years from now that are making me better versus what habits am I doing today that aren't going to continue to get me better? So, you know, my team and I, we love, I sit down, let's, let's outline what those habits are going to be. Let's outline why this is going to be beneficial to you as your as your individual growth, uh, hopefully from a company growth as well. That would be icing on the cake. Um, but whether that's professional or personal, too, um, sure. what is that growth and how are we going to get there and how much time are we going to go and and separate yourself from the results? You know, it's all about those those habits. I mean, that, that you do the right habits every day, the results will follow. Yeah, it's all about the process, right? If your process is right the end result will be there. Mm -hmm. right? And that, that one of the ways that we evaluate problems is, is that like, okay, is, is the process right? Cause you can have like, in a, in any industry, it doesn't matter, but sales covers up a lot. They co it covers up a lot of problems, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of things get overlooked because we're selling houses, right? Or we're selling whatever it is that we're selling. Mm -hmm. it, it's just when it's coming in hand over fist, mm -hmm. we don't really, I don't think, I don't think it's malicious. Like, I don't think we take problems and we sweep them under the rug because we just inadvertently don't want to deal with them. But I think that we just don't think about it or look for them because things are so good and norm in a normal environment. You don't necessarily, it's what is it? The squeaky, the squeaky wheel gets the oil kind of scenario. And that's, that's when problems get dealt with. But like, as to your point, it takes a longer period of time to change the habit, identify what the habit is. Like you've got the result. The result is we're not selling enough or I'm gaining weight or fill, you know, my health is deteriorating. Like that's the actual result. But when you back it up to identify what the bad habit was, then you've got to identify, then change it. And that's going to take what? Six, eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months, mm -hmm. a year mm -hmm. before you're actually going to start to reap the benefit of those, of those, habit changes. Yeah. And I, 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 that's why I think that you're so right on with that because, 
you know, I used to call it uh, or call it GMS, good market syndrome. Don't get good market syndrome in our industry specifically. Like right now, we're in the best housing market of 25 we've ever seen in ever. And, um, you know, it's easy to get good market syndrome and just be like, hey, we, I don't need to deal with that right now because I'm worried about keeping all these customers happy in this backlog together. And I got to worry about my new lot supply, what's coming on next. Like those are the things. And we, we don't pay attention to the habits, like you said. A hundred percent. So let's go back to your original question. So we, we were acquired by Arbor Homes in the last year plus, right? Yep. I, I mean, a lot of growth mindset conversations had to take place for, for different reasons, but you know, we were tasked from where we had consistently sold 150 homes a year to now we have a plan of 380 homes this year, right? So now, now you know, when you start talking about habit and keeping in mind that we, we want to be a customer-centric focused company, right? We can do lots of things way simpler by eliminating the customer, right? Like, hey, listen, we're going to just build specs. When they're done, you can buy it, get out of line, don't need a market. And, and you find yourself in those conversations of, well, you know, do we really need a better customer follow-up? I mean, we're selling homes. Well, hold on. Like, yes, absolutely we do. Yeah. And and you realize in an acquisition, you can't continue doing what you were doing. That was successful, right? And that's hard for a lot of people to do because it, it gets out of that, that comfort zone that they're used to. Yep. But if you're continuing to do what you did at 150 homes that you're doing for 400 homes, you're not going to be successful. So there's tons of conversations from a growth mindset and a leadership that everybody has to wrap their hands around. We, we got to get more vendors. We, you know, we got to market differently. We're, you know, our customers, we're going to be hitting a different price point. How are we going to get people in and out of the design center? All keeping in mind the customer is the most important person in the room. Yeah. Do you think that um, growth that growth mindset has to change as you grow? Meaning, like you were just saying, like if you're doing the habits, the things that you're doing at 150 homes a year aren't necessarily the same habits that are going to give you success at 400 a year. And sometimes that doesn't make sense. You're like, well, wait a minute. If it works over here, why doesn't it work over here? But because they're two very different scales, right? right. I, and my, do you, what do you think about that? No, 100%. I mean, so to take a step back, I, I hate it whenever my team introduces me as their boss. Yeah. I, I hate it. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's like the worst four letter word you could call me boss. I, I mean, I, I look at myself as a coach first and foremost. And, 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 and my answer every time I'm introduced like that is that's not true. I, I work for you. Like I, and that, that is my mindset because our goal is to get the team what they need to be successful. Right. So if they're using the same CRM today, or we're using the same marketing today that we used five years ago, I know I'm letting them down. I, I need to make sure that we're we're able to continue growing and take things off their plate. If a process needs to be changed, let's change that process. And and in my experience, it is more of a growth mindset that there is a better way to do it out there. So let's have a conversation about it versus holding hold, holding you know holding down the fort and saying no, this is what we've always done. It's right. We're going to continue. How do you how do you and your team how do you identify 
when a change or adjustment needs to happen in that growth mindset, right? Like how do you identify, all right, in, in the example of X works at 150 homes a year, X doesn't work at 400 homes a year. Like how do you, I, like if someone's listening and like, well, that's great. I hear you talking about that, like on the superficial level, right? Like, how do you identify that with your team to go, oh, we, we need to make an adjustment. What are some of the, are there signs? Are there quarterly meetings, annual meetings, reviews? Like what along the way says, Hey, it's time to make an adjustment to this. Um, so I'll I'll answer it two different ways. I think there's two types. There's there's reactive things that happen. Hey, listen, this was not clearly explained contractually. Hey, this is a problem we've seen come up with a vendor, and you're forced to pivot and change in that exact moment so that it's not an issue moving forward. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is. Be proactive, right? I, we always want to be proactive and reactive when we're having any of these conversations. So, you know, our, our goal and, and, you know, this is, a, you know, a mindset change for some people. Our goal is to always be proactive and looking six months down the road, right? If we're reacting to what we're going to do today, we're, we're not going to be successful moving forward. We, we have to teach our team to always be proactive and thinking forward. But, you know, again, that's that's teaching your team to always be looking for solutions and not being afraid to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, I love it. Very good. Okay, so like we talked about that, t- tying into when, like, when do you focus on a growth mindset? Like, like, is it a cyclical thing? Is it is it on your is it on your calendar when you sit down to review things with your team? Like, do you do you do it once a year? Do you do it once every six months? Like. Is it, does it come and go with the ebbs and flows of the market or do you guys make it, do you make it intentional? Like it's a, it's an appointment on the calendar. Like, what do you do? Oh, I, I mean, I, first I would say it's a huge reason that people come and work for our company. I mean, we, we have third party training that my team will work with, you know, two to three times a month. We have internal leadership growth training and mindset training that we work with a company out of Indianapolis. Um, that, that, that we we specifically have there to help grow and get people better. And then, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what gets tracked, what gets, it gets done. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, trust, but verify. I mean, that, that was that was a lesson that I had to learn probably as much as anything in this role, that it means nothing if we lay out goals together and I don't hold you accountable to it. You know, we, we can talk about a growth mindset all day, but if I'm not going to do my fair share of it and just just hold you to do it. It's not going to work. So it, it's definitely something that takes takes two people and, and and to really be successful. And and do you go through? I mean, and, and truly, like, do you do you sit down like when you're reviewing stuff with your team and you're talking about how they're going to grow? Do you talk to them about how you're going to grow? Well, um, sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, when we do our our training calls, we, I mean, we'll all be on a web meeting like this. I. I'm going to put my goals out there as yeah. well. Um, you know, I, I recently, and, and you know, this is, speaks to the company. So myself, I'm the vice president of sales and marketing. I've got two regional sales managers that work with me. Their whole goal and a big part of bringing that on is to get that team additional hands-on coaching, training, and accountability, right? I mean, that's their role. So now my mindset has to shift to where, I'm managing 20 people and having these conversations. So now I'm coaching the coach to have That's these right. conversations. That's right. And it's very different, but it, I think it speaks a lot to, as a company, what we're trying to achieve by giving that individual attention. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, so how do you, with all that going on, right? How do you, the acquisition, the crazy market that we're in, how do you keep the team itself focused? <laughs> the million <laughs> dollar a, question. That's a great question. Um, you know, sales is one of those unique things where you, you're usually in a sales model by yourself and you don't see everybody every day. So we, and we implemented this back um, when COVID really hit and, you know, we were doing appointments and different things, um, but we do, we do daily sales hubs. So I, you know, I don't, don't need to have a two and a half hour meeting to hear myself talk and go through techniques and no, you know, a 15 minute roundup, let's, let's celebrate sales, right? Let's, let's talk on a high level about events coming up. Let's, let's give, let's give um, actual details to where we are in our sales plan and why that's important. Um, and let's accept feedback at the same time while also giving everybody the, the freedom. But, you know, just having that little trigger when you're going in the office that this is going to happen, we're all on the same page, we're all aligning our goals in these conversations is very impactful versus doing it once a quarter or every once in a while. So I, I think the more often you can talk in that group, that group setting, the better. Because it, it helps show that everybody is of the same mindset, not individual mindsets. Right. And and everybody, yeah, it's that accountability, right? Of mm -hmm. we're all we're all in this together. No, you know, it's not just me, it's the whole group that we're all all kind of going through this together. So um th that's great. So and, and maybe a better question or a, like the follow-up to that really is what do you have them focus on? Like, do you have to give when, you, you know, setting up that growth mindset, do you just give it to them and say, Hey, talk to me about what you want, what you want your goals to be? Where do you want to grow? Um, or do you have to, do you sit down with them and say, all right, these are the areas that I think you should focus on. Like, what is that? How, how do you determine the what? So I do both. So typically, whenever I'm going through a quarterly review process or a yearly review process with my team, I, I, I ask them to fill out what their goals are. I've got a whole questionnaire that, that they will fill out and then bring to that meeting so that we have both individually filled it out. Because I want to hear from their perspective how their, how their quarter was, where they thought their shortcomings were, what they think their goals or their habits are going to be moving forward to help them achieve those new goals. And then I'm going to give them feedback as well. So I definitely think it's a two-way street in order to make them successful. You can't, as a, as a leader, what you never want to have the fear of, and, and I'm, I'm huge on collaboration and buy-in and, and creating, creating raving, uh, raving fans, right? I, I want to know that we are on the same page always. And, and, and I tell my team, my job is to state the obvious out loud. So maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I, I'm going to say it because that's that's what my role is here. Yeah. And and the ultimate goal is to help them get better and visualize itself. But, I, you know, I, I would say in general, some people are better at it than others. Right. Some people I have to push harder to get that information out. Some come 100 percent prepared and have that growth mindset or a little bit better decision making ability than someone that's newer or older or doesn't want it. Right. So it, it's not a one shoe fit all answer. I think some people need more coaching than others. Yeah. Well, we all do. Right. And, and we also need it at different points throughout our career in life. Like at some point mm -hmm. you're, sometimes you're just, you're on it, boom, you off you go. And then other times you need a little encouragement. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and I think that's what's important is getting the most out of your team and remembering what we're trying to accomplish, right? You know, I, I, you know, I always tell my team, and this applies to sales or to coaching, is I'm not doing this to you, I'm doing this for you, right? Like, I think it's important for everybody to know where that conversation is coming from and see that context. Because, you know, we, we've all been in the sales. If you've been on the sales floor, you've been part of a conversation of, you're not meeting your sales goal, your conversion records, you know, your conversion rate's not great. Um, yeah. I, listen, I, I think it's good to have metrics, but it's also good to have context around what those metrics are sure. and having conversations with your team. But if you're just doing that every once in a while and not consistently, I mean, if not on a daily basis, a weekly basis, yeah, you're, you're it, not going to be the only thing you focus on, right? Like, it's, it's really blatantly obvious that we got to keep the lights on, right? Like we're not a right. not-for-profit. Like we got to make our, we got to make our goals. We have to sell houses. You know, the company's on the line for debt, for mm-hmm. lot takedown. Like it's the obvious of our, yeah, we, we got to sell X, you know, a minimum of this, that, but if that can't be the only focus focal point, because it's you, the, uh, the, <laughs> I'm going to censor myself here, but it's the whole like, beware of the talented a-hole, right? Like just, just because someone's selling a bunch of houses also doesn't mean, or a bunch of widgets doesn't mean that they're also a good fit for your culture. Yeah, no, I mean, and and that speaks to, you know, how do you identify these things early in the process, right? Like how how are you hiring the right people for your culture? So that's hopefully you're, you're heading off some of that moving forward because yeah, I mean, you can get the wrong person. I, I, I like to think that, and, and you know, we've all been guilty of this. You never want to hire anybody that's going to be malicious to the culture. Right, that's right. But it happens, right? And, you know, whether it's created or, or was there from the beginning is always tough. But you, you want to make sure that you're having as many of those conversations from the beginning of that, that employment or that relationship as possible yeah. um, so that you have that alignment and you're on the same page. Yeah, totally agree. All right. Okay. So, couple couple of things um, to kind of to wrap us up here. What I like to do is, um, you're you're a smart guy. I know you're always studying and reading. So, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Oh man. Um, so reading. So I just finished one book, and I started my other book. So that's a big push for me this year. Um, so Relentless by Tim Grover. So he was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant's trainer. Yeah. And and he mentioned a great concept, you know, that that I keep thinking about and I mentioned to you earlier was, you know, are we taming our team or are we training our team? Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's real easy to tame our team and scare them to making decisions versus, you know, training them and making them better. So and then I just started the talent code, which is really interesting. That's a great book. I've not yeah. read Relentless. I'll have to check that out, but the talent code is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So so both are good. And then what am I watching right now? So I've decided yeah. my wife's a huge fan of the Bourne identity. So we're going back and we're watching all the Bourne movies again. It's been a while. I, I didn't realize it had been 20 years since the first one came out. Has it been that long? Oh my goodness. <laughs> those are great. Those are great. That's a great series of three right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're watching, we're watching those. We're on the third one. The, the ultimatum, I think is the third one. So we're watching nice. that right now. And then, you know, what am I listening to? Um, I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you here. 
Um, it's all right. You're on a podcast. You don't do podcasts. <laughs> I, I mean, can I can I say your podcast? Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> I love I love listening to uh, Freakonomics podcast on a weekly basis. I, I check that out. And Malcolm yeah. Gladwell's got a great podcast as well. I, I like to big Malcolm out. Gladwell fan. He yeah. he's a super super smart guy. Oh, yeah. All right, and the most important question of the entire talk here is: Are you a Louisville or Kentucky fan? <laughs> University of Kentucky alumni. Absolutely. So. There you go. UK all the way. Go everybody, every, everybody, uh, you know, like, oh, you're from Louisville. I bet you're, so you're a Louisville fan. I'm like, no, I'm a Kentucky fan. Um, and Louisville is one of those interesting cities where, or Kentucky's an interesting state, right? So the majority of the state is going to be UK fans. And then you get into like Louisville and really half of Louisville is going to be Kentucky fans. Right, right. It's it's really split down the line. So, uh, And I like to consider myself one of the rare ones that, hey, listen, I would love for Louisville to win every game that they don't play Kentucky, right? Like I don't, I don't hate Louisville. I wish them all the success. And I would rather they were ranked one and two respectfully when they played every time. Because when we beat them, it would make it even better. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, Daniel, my friend, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today. It's it was unbelievably insightful. There are tons of of nuggets for people to take away, and uh, you know, love to have you back on sometime later this year and and circle back and talk about how that growth mindset is is going for twenty twenty one and what you know what tweaks you've made along the way so uh thank you so much for joining and uh it was it was fantastic anytime thanks a lot man